Welcome to the Make Money Behave podcast, where we talk about your money, your circumstances, and the small changes in your behavior that will have a big impact on both. My name is Maria Casillas, and I am honored to be your host. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Make Money Behave podcast. I'm happy to have you here today. I'm going to jump right into our topic because I'm actually watching two kids uh, for a friend of mine, and I don't know how much uninterrupted time I'm going to have. Uh, right now, they are playing with two of my children, so we're just going to enjoy this moment and pray that it lasts a nice, decent amount of time. But just in case it doesn't, I wanted to share this amazing insight with you. I mean, I think it's amazing. I hope that you agree mostly because it didn't come directly from me. It was actually born out of working with someone in particular. And uh, this is just kind of how I like to do things with clients. In case you are ever curious, a lot of people think, well, what is it like to you know do coaching and to be coached? And there are some similarities between what I do and probably many other coaches out there. But as a coach who actually coaches other coaches as well, I can tell you that a lot of financial coaches when they're first starting out, they really tend to want to kind of have things kind of mapped out for their clients. You know, they have certain principles, they have certain ideas, and they have just... I don't want to say insecurities, but definitely they're a little bit more nervous because they're just starting out. And so they really want to have things a little bit more mapped out. I do things a lot differently. I really, really do believe that you as the client know so much more about your life than I will ever know. And so I don't pretend to have all the answers for your life. Instead, what I like to do is really just sit and listen to what it is that has you all jumbled up inside. And I start to unravel that a little bit at a time. We start to undo the knot you know, find find an in here and be able to pull that loop over this loop over here, kind of like when I have to untangle one of the necklaces that my daughter gets into and she turns it into one giant knotted mess. When I'm doing that, I I really just put a lot of my reservations aside, a lot of my opinions aside, but I don't put aside my my background or, you know, some of the insights that I have brought to the table in the past. And what I tend to do is marry the past insights with whatever's going on in the life of the client sitting across from me and try to turn that into an insight for them. This particular instance is no different. So I just, to give you a little bit of background on this client, she is basically a compulsive spender. It's probably the easiest way to say it so that you'll understand. She had uh, gotten into a whole lot of debt. She had gotten herself out of that said debt and then like within months went right back to her old spending habits. So the reason she came to me, she's actually working with another financial coach on the number side of things, but that particular coach wasn't super confident in working with her on the mindset side, uh, really kind of digging into why in the world is she doing this anyway? And that's what she wanted to do. So she wanted to explore that with me a little bit. And so that's how she came into my world. So Long story short, as I'm sitting across knee to knee with her for the second time, 
she kind of expressed to me like, hey, you know, this is something that it just kind of feels like it came out of nowhere, but not really. Like I know that it's a common pattern of mine and I really am trying to figure out what it is that I'm doing. Like, why am I doing this? So in order to help her answer that question, I wanted to try to get some data. One of the easiest ways to get data when you're doing any sort of coaching, whether it's finances or something else, is to track. And so if you're listening to this today and you're like, hey, I kind of want to get to the bottom of why I do X, Y, and Z, one of the first things that you can do, and it's totally free to do it, is start tracking your patterns, track your behavior, track your habits. Uh, You'd be absolutely shocked at how many things we do subconsciously or unconsciously and just don't even realize that we are taking part in whatever that behavior is until you start becoming more aware of it. Then when you start writing these things down, you can start looking for patterns. And so that's what I had this client do. I basically had her go back to, uh, I think it was about, let me, let me remember, I think it was four to six months of her statements and it was kind of wherever she seems to spend the most of her money. So uh, sometimes, you know, people will spend mostly on their credit card. Sometimes they'll spend on their debit card. Sometimes they use mostly cash and it makes it a little bit harder to track unless they are tracking forward, right? Um, But in her case, she wasn't really using cash. So she was able to determine which one to two credit cards and debit cards she used the most. And so she printed out those particular statements. And here's what I had her do. I said, look, I don't want you to tell me how much you're spending in any particular area. What we are actually looking for here is patterns. So I had her highlight in three different colors the three areas where she realized she was spending the most money. And then we kind of looked for patterns together when we reconvened. Now, obviously, I'm not going to give you all of her details and background because that just... A, would be a waste of your time and B, probably, you know, a little bit of a imposition on her privacy. Uh, but I wanted to at least share with you what the project was. What was this exercise that we did for two reasons? One, so you can take it and do it yourself because I think that's going to be super valuable for you if you're trying to look for patterns. But two, I wanted you to know why we were talking about this very thing that I want to bring up to you today. So, as we were meeting for the second time, we were talking about like what kinds of patterns did she see? Some of the stuff that she brought up was that she noticed that right around payday, she starts to spend more. Um, I mentioned earlier that she's working with another coach on the actual number side of things. So she said to me, you know, this coach and I, we had set up a plan, a spending plan, and I did a really, really great job sticking to my plan for the entire, I think it was like 10 days from the time she got paid until, you know, 10 days later. She said, then I realized that because I had done such a good job, I had all this extra money and so I just kind of told myself, well, it's fine. You know, you've got this extra money. And so as she was coming closer to the next payday, she found herself spending needlessly and uh, almost like I said earlier, compulsively without really understanding why she was doing it. She didn't, she didn't have any emergencies. She didn't, uh, she didn't even specifically want something. She just realized that that's when she goes and spends money. The other thing that she noticed as a pattern was something that she didn't believe 
would have happened when we first talked about this. So one of the things that I encourage you to do if you're going to try this exercise at home is to ask yourself and or an accountability partner, by the way, it's a little bit easier to do this with somebody. So if you want me to do that with you, I'd be happy to do it. Uh, But if you want to, you know, ask your spouse or a best friend, they can also ask you some of these questions and help you find these patterns. Anyway, what I'd like to do in the beginning before you actually go and find these patterns and actually create the highlighted uh, categories is to ask yourself, what are you expecting to see? Like if you had to guess right now, what would you think are the top five spend categories that you have created for yourself? One of the things that she mentioned was food. In fact, she said, I'm willing to bet Maria that most of these highlights are going to be about food. It could be eating out spontaneously, you know, going out with somebody else, um, planned eating out, lazy eating out, whatever it was. But a lot of it was just plain out, plain old eating out. When, when she did this, she said to me, well, I was, I was half right. She said, I did eat out a lot. And I saw that I definitely chose that as one of my top three. She said, but what I didn't expect to see was this thing called, I want to say it's called a firm. I don't have notes in front of me, so I'm not positive, but in a nutshell, it's something where if you don't have the money right now, you can use this as almost like a payment plan. So you can get the product that you're ordering right away and then put it on three or five easy installments of, you know, $100 a month or whatever it is. So what she found was that she did this often. <laughs> she she didn't even realize that she was doing it often. And I think part of it was because when she did it just once, it turned into like three or five different installments, right? Because that's how they do it. They break it up. And so um, it wasn't until she went back and looked over three to five months of statements where she started to see the pattern of those installments coming out. And then she was also able to see how many times she had done that. As we explored that a little bit more, we realized that the only reason she used those was because she had already maxed out some of these credit cards. And so she didn't even have any available credit on there in order to make this happen. So not only did she recognize that she has this need for immediate gratification, but she also realized that when she had something available to her, whether it was cash or money in her checking account or available credit, or this particular payment plan opportunity, she felt the compulsive need to utilize it. So if it's there, she's got to use it, right? These are some of the things that she's discovering about herself. And I love that she's in this process of doing that. We are going to be continuing to work on that. But here's where this insight comes that I wanted to share with you, because I think it's kind of a fun thing. While we were having all of this discussion, she kept saying to this, this something to this effect. Well, I know that as I get closer to payday, I've got this money in here, so it's fine. I can just go ahead and spend that. I picked up on the word fine enough times that I was able to reflect that back to her. And I asked in a way, you know, is that something that she says often? And she's like, no, 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 I'm sure it's not. I think it's just something that you picked up on. Well, of course, once I mentioned that to her, now it's it's planted there, that idea is there. And she's becoming more and more aware of how often she says the word fine. She must have said it an additional four to five times in the next like 
you know, five minutes that we talked as she was talking about some of her patterns. And each time she did it, she's like, oh my gosh, I did it again. I said it again. So we got to talk about what does fine really even mean? Now, I don't know if you've listened all the way back to my inaugural uh, podcast episode or not, but if you have, you know that I have a background in addictions counseling. If you have not, perhaps you didn't know that 20 seconds ago, but you happen to know that about me now. So back in the day, now granted, like I said, I'm in my mid-40s, and so it was 20 years ago when I first came onto the addiction scene. And they talked a lot in that area of, the, of um, people that I was working with. They would talk about how it's so important to be able to identify your emotions about something. Because if you can identify your emotions, and then we're going to know how to kind of shift our thought process and we're going to know how to change our behavior from there. So anytime somebody would say, oh, how are you today? They were not really allowed to use the word fine as a response because the word fine really doesn't give you an emotion that you can attach to. And so as a way to kind of keep people from doing that, they had in their own like 12-step community come up with a an acronym for fine. Now that acronym was effed up, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. So anytime someone would say, how you doing today? Oh, I'm fine. You know, the whole group would kind of jump in. Oh, I'm so sorry that you're effed up, insecure, neurotic, and emotional today. And it was just kind of like that, that's, that was an understanding of, of what that word meant. So since I knew that having some sort of acronym like that would actually help her, but that one didn't really resonate. I mean, that doesn't make sense in the context that she was using it. And so one of the activities that I wanted to do with her was to have her come up with an acronym for FINE. Now, the reason I said earlier is that a lot of what I do with people just is kind of born from what I do with people. This is one of those examples. I did not go into this particular session thinking, today I'm gonna help this individual find an acronym for the word FINE, because that was nowhere on my radar. It wasn't on my radar until I realized it's a word that she uses often, and it's something that is screwing with her. It is messing up her plans and we need to try to get that verbiage out of there for her. We need to really hone in on that thought process that she has and figure out how do we replace that with something else. So one of the things I said to her was, look, I, this is the last thing we're going to do in this session. I want you to be able to come up with this. I'm not going to put it in there because it has to be something that's meaningful for her. And she very, very quickly said to me, you know, I've got, here's what I've got. I've got freedom is near, but I can't figure something out for the E. Now, I first applauded her for how quickly she came up with freedom is near. That was nowhere near my radar. And I really, really appreciated her level of creativity in coming up with that. What I said to her though was, you know what? I think that's really great, except it's a little too positive. And she looked at me with this confused look and she's like, does that, is that a bad thing? Like, is this not supposed to be positive? And what I, of course, made sure she understood was that what we're trying to do here is help her mind recognize the danger of thinking that this is fine because it, it's not fine. What she's doing, like I said earlier, is sabotaging her actual progress. So what we did was... Um, as she was like quickly trying to regroup, I said, wait a minute, 
I said, I think I have an idea. And we took her freedom is near. And then I added one word at the end of that. And that word, of course, had to begin with an E. And I said, what if we went with freedom is near except like E-X-C-E-P-T, except for what I'm about to do next. You guys, she loved it. And I loved it. It is such a powerful testament to what she actually wants, which is why she wanted it to be positive. She wanted to remind herself of what she wants. And we needed to give her that verbal cue that what she's about to do to herself is pure sabotage. And being able to add that small qualifier of accept not only fell beautifully into the F-I-N-E acronym, but it also did both of those things for her. And I just wanted to share that with you today, not because it's something that will necessarily be super inspiring for you or, you know, um, or even something that you totally resonate with, but just to let you know the power of showing up for something like coaching, because it's not just, here's a plan for your money. <laughs> like it's, it's actually being able to sit knee to knee with somebody and figure out what is going on in my head and how can I switch that a little bit so that I can actually do the things that are going to bring me closer to where I'm actually trying to go and who I'm actually working on becoming instead of continuing to stay in that pattern of self-sabotage for over and over and over again. That is the power of coaching. And I just wanted to share it with you. I really appreciate you tuning in today. If you've had any aha moments yourself or insights, I highly encourage you to let me know about those. You can either let me know via a review where you share some of that. That would be awesome. Or you can actually text me, which I would more than welcome. And the number you can text me there is 623-400-5225. Just let me know, hey, I heard about this on the podcast and I'm very curious to know, maybe you want to come up with your own acronym for something else that has you sabotaging yourself. You guys, again, thanks so much for tuning in today. I look forward to seeing you next week. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Make Money Behave podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Help spread the word about the Make Money Behave podcast by leaving a five-star review and sharing the show with a friend. If you'd like to connect directly with Maria, text the word podcast to 623-400-5225. In the meantime, don't just make money, make money behave.